0: In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison
1: by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum-security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Liber Cristo
0: War College. Welcome, Libra Cristo War College. Uh, you'll notice uh, Jesse is not here today. I brought in my good friend Doug Barry. I need to introduce. I don't need to introduce Doug, but I I always like to introduce Doug as uh, <laughs> he is creatine to the mystical body, as as uh, uh, creatine is to the actual body. Doug, you and Father Heilman, you are the Hans and Franz of the of the body of Christ, getting pumped up each week and. <laughs> When you come on to War College, I got to tell you, our, we get 10 rating points, a bump of 10 rating points for each bicep alone. So <laughs> you, you bring a lot of good muscle and uh, 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 you bring good muscle and you bring some high-T Catholicism to War College. So it's always a pleasure to have you on. Jesse is undercover, deep cover, doing apostolic work. We appreciate you coming and filling in.
1: Oh, thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. I, I got my morning coffee and my morning creatine just Just to be ready for you, buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have to. We have to be ready. Uh, So, Doug, what's going on? Before we get started, in the first segment, I want to talk about the Epiphany Blessing, uh, because we're celebrating that uh, this past weekend. So, tell me what's going on. What's what's going on with you and Father? What's going on in in the Battle Ready Coalition?
1: Well, the Beer Coalition is doing great, and U.S. Grace Force with Father Heilman is doing great. Um, We Just our second episode is coming up uh, today, in fact, yeah, for... For the year 2024, Be Our Coalition, again, we're just still the same old, just day-to-day, grinded out, preparation, body, mind, and soul. And, you know, obviously 2024 already seems to be showing to be a challenging year, <laughs> we're going to talk about today. It's, it's incredible how more shoes just keep dropping. So, yeah, it just fits right in line with what we're trying to do with U.S. Grace Forest and BR Coalition. Help people get ready, body, mind, soul. For people who, who don't know much about us, Go check out U.S. Grace Force on our YouTube channel and other podcast locations. And then also check out the BR Coalition, brcoalition.com, for more information on the different training courses we have. But we've got to get ready. I mean, there's a lot that's been happening, if you probably heard in December, that even even our power grid, our water supply, uh, in various places, communications, different places, China, Iran, and Russia, have all been reported to have hacked, cyber-hacked. Multiple different locations around the U.S. and Guam, uh, territory of the U.S., uh, it, which is really unnerving considering the times that we're living in. So there's a lot going on in the world right now, naturally and supernaturally, that uh, we should all be uh, taking very seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think the, the the point as well is we have to be aware, you know, I, I just gave a, a retreat a couple months ago and I was, uh, to a group of good men, solid guys in Cali- Southern California called the Brotherhood of St. Dismas. Hmm. And, um, you know, I was just talking to their founder, a good man, a good friend of mine. Uh, again, he's a former fighter, just a tough guy all the way around. Uh, he said, you know what I like? And he wants me to come back and do a presentation at, at another parish. He said, what you do is you make the battle know it's real. Most people don't realize that there's an actual battle going on. And so sometimes we might be over here. Uh, my head might be in the clouds. I'm. You might be focusing on this. And the average ga- Catholic needs to understand that that's time to strap on. It's time to gear up. You know, strap on your rucksack, gear up, and and yeah. and, and do do the work that God has asked you to do, uh, and live the Catholic, your Catholic faith. This is very critical. Uh, we're living in these critical times. Uh, we fight an ancient enemy, but the ancient weapons are best. And yeah. so, yeah, one of the first weapons we need before we get the Epiphany blessing, one of the one of the weapons that we really need to 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 work on um, is detachment. All these things happening in the church in the world. We're going to talk about some of the things going on in the church today, but um, but being detached, uh, having detachment. How do you do that, Doug? How do you work and you see you, you ha- you're starting to get a, 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 a sergeant major's view of the battlefield with your now 20, 30 years experience working in evangelization. How do you keep detachment?
1: Oh, you know, the, I mean, it's a for me, it's a spiritual and natural approach. You know, you've got to look at it practically, reasonably speaking and just honestly look at things and realize that there's some things you just don't have control over and you've got to let them go. You've got to detach in the mind. You got to realize that I can't control the weather. I can't control the government entirely. I can't control this. I can vote, yeah, but I can't control certain things. You know, there's that old that old prayer that goes along with, you know, you know, God give me the strength to do what I can do, but give me the detachment essentially from the things I can't. So practically speaking, you got to look at each thing and realize, I have control over this. I can act on it. I don't have control over this you know what, I got to let it go. And I just got to turn it over to God in prayer. So there's a practical aspect of that. But, you know, spiritually speaking, it's just a matter of, you know, hammering out the prayers every day and realizing again, ultimately, this is in God's perspective. It is, I don't like the term that God's in charge, because I like the, the reality that he has everything within his hands, positive or permissive, but he doesn't control. He's not in charge. He doesn't he doesn't control my soul. So when we hear God is in charge or God is in control. Um, I think it's a dangerous thing, at least the way I look at it, because it says in one sense that he's taking care of everything. Well, he doesn't control and want abortion. He doesn't control and want war or, or trafficking, you know, human trafficking. Those are things that he allows because of man's free will. Some things I have control over, some things I don't. God's going to give me that. I've got to turn the rest over to him. So it's a practical, spiritual thing for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I I uh, think of a couple of things. One from the benediction tradition: prayer and work, or a labora. Hmm. Um, another, pra- and, and, and then a famous prayer that is often inverted. It's a prayer of, I believe, it's attributed to Saint uh, Ignatius of Loyola. Pray as if here's how, here's where we get it wrong. Pray as if everything belong. Uh, um, uh, as if everything depended upon God and work as if it depended upon you. That's the, actually the inverse of what he said. Pray as if everything depends upon you, but work as if it depends upon God. Mm-hmm. And there's a subtle difference in that. So when you go to prayer, you 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 go to prayer and say, Lord, this is what I'm facing, this is what I'm confronting. But when you go to work, we have to let God continue to work. And how do we do that? You said something very critical, and that's prayer. Uh um, Blaise Pascal said that God instituted prayer. To bestow on man the very great dignity of being causes causes mm-hmm. every time evil is committed in the world you're empowering the demon behind that evil and so we counteract that with prayer that he needs our prayers he doesn't he asks for our prayers he wants our prayers we participate in the the, the soul of the apostle, what you and I do and what others the soul of the family comes down to prayer. And so uh we need to stop worrying as much uh and and putting you know not petitioning uh online petitions but but besiege the blessed sacrament petition our Lord in prayer at the blessed sacrament we'll get much more movement that way than trying to work through the so-called democratic process. Yeah so one of the things about prayer Doug this this past weekend I'm sure you did it at your house we did it I did it at mine is the epiphany blessing. Um, the epiphany blessing, what is your experience with that? What do you know about the epiphany blessing and, and what's your, what's your, your take on it?
1: Well, you know, where I, I, you know, I born and raised in the Lincoln diocese in Nebraska. So we had pretty solid upbringing there. And that was something that just kind of, you know, was, was out there. Uh, As I grew up, I'd heard about it, didn't know a whole lot about it until I got married. You know, my wife and I started having kids and then you start realizing, okay, you know, try to take more control of these things, take this stuff more seriously, um, and I honestly do not remember when it came to me that I should have my doorway blessed, that I should do the Epiphany blessing. Um, at the time, it was just introduced by uh, the local priests, and they would come out, you know, when we could get the priest out, or I know a deacon, I think, can do this, and, and now it's fallen to, um, you know, the head of the house can take care of this as well, um, kind of the, the the order of that, but you know, when I first discovered it, I thought, well, this is kind of a neat little thing, you know, and then year round, you've got the chalk marking above your door, but it really began just slowly introduced by, I don't know if it was a priest or, or, or a friend, someone just said, hey, by the way, did you know that this is out there? Which is funny, Dan, because that's how a lot of things seem to happen, is we don't seem to have these great little extra, not call them extra pieces, but these powerful pieces, these peripheral pieces, if you will. Um Regularly presented to us unless you've got that really on target priest or or someone out there who's just reminding us constantly like we're doing right now with this segment of the show, that something as powerful as the epiphany blessing does exist, can be and should be incorporated into your life,
0: yeah, so the head of household does it you put you there's a prayer that you do if you notice that the that the prayer is deprecatory, meaning may the Lord bless, mm-hmm. may the Lord drive out all contagion, et cetera. Uh, As a lay people, we cannot bless things. We can only ask God to bless. We can't say, Mm -hmm. I bless. We can bless persons, our our spouse, our wife, our children, but we can't bless objects. And so you put the the small formula um, asking for God's blessing upon the home for the year. C plus M plus B plus 2024. The three wise men, uh, uh, Caspar, Balthazar, Melchior. Yeah, Balthazar, Melchior. Uh, plus the year, and so that also is a, is an acrostic a for Christus uh, Benedicat Mansionem. May God bless. May Christ bless this home. And so we've had even a case where where the house was going ballistic with with de- demonic stuff. They blessed the house with the, with this blessing. The fo- head of household does this prayer, chalks the house. Everything completely goes away for exactly one year and one day. And things started coming back the day after the blessing. Because prayer begets what it signifies. You're asking for a blessing for one year, right? You're asking, you're asking to, to, for Christ's blessing upon your home for that one year. And so prayer, prayer, we have to do that continually. We often, people say, well, how many times do you have to do this blessing or that prayer or this prayer? Well, I say, well, how many times do you, do you have to bring the bug sprayer back into your house, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so you have to continually do maintenance. That's what prayer does. It's a continual maintenance of blessing upon your house, upon your household, your family.
1: Well, and i'd throw in there too that there needs to be a sense of discipline behind this stuff as well i mean when it comes to you know the prayer aspect and so forth and we have had you on the grace force podcast you and father Rippiger, you know different times you both said essentially the same thing is that that the diabolical despises right. discipline, discipline and this is an order. area where we need to be okay. disciplined
0: okay we're, we'll be back uh right after this message you're listening to war college Heavily, Let's go. Wake up, wake up, wake up and follow Jesus. Wake up and get to work <laughs> Wednesday war college. I'm here with my good friend, Doug Barry, uh, uh, getting the mystical body pumped up, putting, putting some creatine and natural natural strength back into the mystical body. Uh, one of the ways, again, just to wrap up the house blessing, the biffany house blessing. I would put a link on the, on the, on the, the show notes. Uh, the U S bishops have a, a blessing. And that one, they invoke uh, um, uh, um, Zacchaeus come down to this home and, and inviting Jesus, like Zacchaeus, into the home. Here's another one that was that was uh, another good one. Um, Lord, our God, you do the sign of the cross. Lord, our God, you revealed your only begotten Son to every nation by the guidance of a star. Bless this house and all who inhabit it. That in all of our thoughts, words, and actions, we may emulate the three wise men. That we may desire always to serve our Lord and King with all of our heart, mind, and body. That we may always seek our Lord, give ourselves to him, and praise and glorify him as Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar did. Bless this house that no disease-carrying air, no breath of infection, no ill will, no desires of harm, or anything connected to the enemy may enter into this home. Jesus, please make it as your home at Nazareth. May St. Joseph, with his, with St. Michael, and all our guardian angels protect this home. May the Virgin Mary and all the saints... Pray for us who reside here so that joy, peace, and love may always persevere in this home. Christus Mansionem Benedicate. And then you write that on the door. So you can see the the, the that, especially that second one, it's very powerful. Remember, when it comes to prayer, words, words, uh, prayer begets what it signifies. Words mean things. So if you look at um the prayer uh, uh, of blessing, the blessing of holy water. Um the the particular the traditional blessing of 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 salt the exorcism of salt and holy water the, the there's it's it's profound the depth that's why you go into some traditional parishes and you'll have four or five different types of water and you would say why do you need four or five different types of holy water right well if you go into most gun rooms you might have a forty five you might have a shotgun you might have a hunting rifle you might have you know, a 30, a revolver, you might have various calibers because you never know what you're going to come up against uh, uh, for various uh, critters or whatever. So anyway, so we we have all these things. In the mystical body, Doug, this is what I see. People say, what's, you know, what's special about Catholicism is that, you know, particularly converts, it's that, you know, in, in Protestant Christianity, you have a fishing tackle box, right? And you've got a hook. All you really need to do to catch a fish is a hook, line, and a sinker. And I'm not getting into the theology of 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 uh, um you know uh, non solution all that i'm just giving an analogy so you need a hook line and a in a sinker to, to really just a, a, even a hook and a, and a and a line you can drop it in and catch a fish but in the catholic church you have this massive tackle box that has it has weapons it has tools to catch a fish no matter what's you know what no matter what, what what kind of sea monster you're up against there there is the right lure for that there was that what was that there's that show about this guy that catches these crazy uh, different creatures in different waters all over the world uh so th- we have a lure for that there's a bait for that there's we've been doing this for 2000 years and the epiphany blessing is one of those things final comments on that doug
1: well i just i i want to go back first of all, it's a great analogy about the idea of the gun room you know having different weapons for different situations you know it's the same with the tools you know, in a tool shed or, you know, in a workbench, you know, you've got a variety of different tools that you use depending upon the circumstances and they all work really well together. Uh, I would recommend on top of all this, that engaging in this consistently and regularly is critical. Uh, It's that discipline aspect, that learn your craft, learn the weapon, learn how it's used, learn how it functions. And that happens when you get reps, reps, we need repetitions. We need to be engaging in this stuff on a regular basis to get really good at it. You know, BRC, Be Ready Coalition, we talk a lot about getting trained with regards to water, food, shelter, medical defense, and spiritual. And one of the things we say is you can have a giant room full of equipment, but if you don't train with it and practice with it, you you don't know how to use it very well, you're not very good with that equipment. With the prayer life in general and the spiritual life in general, it takes reps. Let's get the reps in there, let's be knocking it out, and let's... Let's just continue to make sure that this becomes a disciplined part of who we are.
0: Yeah, no, and you got to begin with the basics, Doug. You got to begin with the basics. Like every 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 father and grandfather, one of the one of the weapons they need in their gun room is a BB gun, right? Because because you talk about the reps. I remember I had a a good friend of mine was over, and he was he had four or five little kids. And he was teaching his daughter, who was about six or seven, how to shoot. Now, this guy was a Marine. And, you know, the Marines were kind of psychotic about, about their weapon. They got a poem. This is my rifle. There was, although there were many other rifles, there was none just like it. This one is mine, et cetera. They have to memorize that poem, right? And so he's out there, and, and, and his, he's got a BB gun. He's using my BB gun. He's got it out there, and he's got his daughter sitting in, the, in this perfect little shooting, legs crossed, shooting position and then she, before he even lets her touch the trigger he's showing her gun safety he's making sure her shoulders are aligned everything's perfectly aligned okay do it again do it again do it again do it again right and this mm. is what the spiritual life is like yeah. and everybody wants the desert eagle they want the dirty hairy the, the most powerful 44 magnum the most powerful handgun in the world those things are absolutely worthless if you're not living uh, if you don't have the basics of shooting down, just like yeah. we have all these great weapons in the Catholic faith, but if you're not in a state of grace, um, you, you know, and you start you start praying these types of prayers, um, you're you're going to end up sh- hurting yourself or somebody mm. else around mm. you. Just like you take a six year old and you put a Desert Eagle in her hand, you're not doing her any favors. So yeah. you got to start. The point is you got to start with the basics. Virtue and vice have this in common that they're both repeated acts, and so part of mm. being the spiritual leader is is having the daily discipline of prayer. So when you stand up to bless your house on January sixth every year for the feast of the Epiphany, your family isn't like, "What's he doing?" Right. Suddenly right. he's praying. Right. You know what I mean? They they need the, the you need to be the guy that's leading the prayers, and it doesn't have to be anything mystical. You don't have to make anything up. You know, it's just yeah. you're the guy that says, "Bless us, O Lord, in these thy gifts." When you say grace. You're the guy that drives to mass. My wife gets on me and she tells me, you know, you drive a car like you're still in a helicopter. And I say, well, maybe so. So, so, wait, so, she,
1: so you've got machine guns mounted to your car? Is that what you I saying? did, I did. I'll have to,
0: I'll have to, I'll put a picture up uh, of the of, of my modified pickup truck. So, but when we go to mass, she sits in the right. She sits in the passenger seat, and she wants, and she lets me drive. If we're driving a road trip, she would prefer to drive when I, I would rather let her drive. and I'll get some work done and I'll have to listen to her say, hey, you're going too fast, you're going too slow. But we're going to Mass, I'm the guy that's leading the family to Mass. Mm-hmm. Those are the little teeny things yeah. that, the, that, that, that the children are watching their dad do.
1: Yeah, I'd like to add some to that too as well. And that is, you know, when it comes to something like this rosary, all right, is um, I never wanted my kids down the road, God willing, at my funeral. If I'm allowed to have a viewing of the body, right, which means my body is in such a state that they can view it depending upon my death. right? But I never wanted my kids to come down the aisle at the viewing of my body and see that rosary, you know, wrapped around the hands, you know, like we do in, in 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 a Catholic funeral. We get the rosary around the hands and I never wanted them to walk down, see the rosary around my hands and say, what's that? That was, yeah, right. that was not part of dad's life. Yeah. Why is that on his hands? That's just so foreign. It's so different. I wanted them to walk down and see the rosary and immediately, without even having to think, it's just part of them. They know that was what dad was about. That was an extension of dad. And so talk about the just do it. Just keep doing it. Just keep hammering it out. Just keep going. Let it be known that you are that spiritual head. Yes, you're a sinner. Yes, you make mistakes, but let it be known to those in this world and those in the next, and those in the supernatural world, that you are taking responsibility of this, man or woman, depending upon your role and what your situation is, and it's gonna vary a little bit from person to person, but make it so that that is the day-to-day thing, is that prayer life, and it's known, and it's recognized by those around you, so that you're right, when the January 6th blessing for Epiphany comes up, you know, the kids don't go, "What, what, what's dad doing, this is odd, this is kind of out of the blue, so yeah. make sure it is part of who you are and that, you know, your 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 weapon is with you all the time so that this is just this is normal. It's just normal. It's what you do. You pray.
0: Yeah. 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 Again, I've, I've quoted this often. St. Teresa or St. Catherine of Siena that if everybody everybody should pray for at least 30 minutes a day unless they're busy. And then she says if they're busy, they should pray for an hour a day. You know, and we try to get all this work done without praying. And we wonder why, you know, uh, what's that T-shirt that says, where are we going and what are we doing in this handbasket, right? You know, things are going to hell out a handbasket because we're not <laughs> praying. We're not praying. and The enemy's out yeah. there. He's praying. The enemy's out there. Uh, doesn't need to sleep. The enemy's out there working. The enemy's out there militating. He knows who's in charge. Just like when you, when you, when, when we would always wear subdued rank, uh when we go in the field so one it doesn't the shiny doesn't doesn't strike the the enemy's eyes um but also so that the enemy doesn't can't read our who our rank is so they can't know we don't salute in the field you don't salute your officers so you because you don't want to let the enemy if there's snipers or others watching who's in charge our enemy they know our physical enemies know they gotta they gotta strike the they gotta strike at the head to take out the unit. They can take all the privates out they want, the pawn, so to speak, and chess, but you can take out the queen, you can take out the king, then you then you can neutralize the army, you can neutralize us, their enemy. And so the natural law structure knows, the demon knows, the head of household, the one that's guarding, the one that's protecting, and the one that's neglecting, the one that's abdicated his authority. Mm-hmm. So we have to just hammer that home that we've got to pray, we've got to assert ourselves, and it doesn't matter who's you know I had plenty of officers that worked over me that were not in as physical fit as I was. they weren't as good pilots as I was they weren't as good uh um uh officers knowledgeable perhaps as I was, but they were still my commanding officer and mm-hmm. and and you have to follow that structure that's part of the militation that we do as a church militant yeah on that point
1: i i i'd like to throw this in too, for anybody out there listening watching who might think to yourself, well, this is kind of new, it's foreign to me, the idea of getting into this prayer and blessing and so forth over the family. Um, I've got to be a theologian, I've got to be a scripture scholar, I've got to study, I've got to know this, that, the other thing. Don't look at it that way, look at it at the position of, uh, from the perspective of this is your position, especially if you're head of a home or heart of a home, you have a certain role. Just realize that God looks at the heart. Yes, we want to continue to learn and grow, no question. But God looks at the heart that loves. You know, that aspect of love, and there's so much in scripture about, I can do this, 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 St. Paul says, but if I do without love, I'm just making noise, you know? So let's look at the loving aspect. Lord, you know I'm imperfect. Lord, you know I don't have all this figured out, but Lord, I want to do it right. I want to keep learning, absolutely. But just do this. Just start loving by praying and blessing and leading your family and those under your charge.
0: Yeah, well, Jesus said it this way: Love no, knows nothing greater than this to give, lay down one's life for his friends. Yeah. And so the husband is called to lay down his life for mm-hmm. his family, to die for his family, to yeah. to to die to himself, right? So that Christ would live in and through him. So 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 bringing love down to the practical level, love in a Christian is there's a, a word that is there's multiple words for love uh, in Greek. We just say, "I love Doug. I love your hat, Doug." Uh, I, I love that statue. I love enchiladas. Yeah. So, but love in the Christian circle is sacrifice. Making yeah. a sacrifice. Agape. Okay. War College. We're going to come back and talk about some latest things that we're hearing from the church. And uh, right after this, stay tuned.
1: Bible by my ammo man, I hope he's watching me Overseas, overnight, if I die, I know it's right Freedom ain't free, pass the ammo, let's ride
0: Good friend Doug Berry standing in for Jesse Romero is on deep cover this week. We'll be back next week. Doug, we've all read, it's all over Catholic uh, media circles. This book that was put out by then Father Victor um, Manuel Fernandez, who's now the the um, prefect, we used to be for the Congregation for the Di- Divine Faith, the DDF, the director, I think, and now the DDF. Um, put a book out that I, I it's, it's, I wouldn't even publish, I wouldn't even read it out loud what's on there. I, I would just refer you to the, the notes if you want to read it, not out of curiosity, but to, but to inform yourself what's going on. Um, Maratecelli has posted uh, the significant chapters. It's a book on, it's basically porno theology, uh, is yeah. what I would call it. It's, it's un, under the guise of mysticism. And he says some pretty, pretty, uh, uh stuff again i wouldn't repeat it on the air. i um you know so-called mystical experiences with jesus uh um uh um a, a knowledge of orgasms that can only be said as uh widespread knowledge let's put it that way um and other things so i um without getting into the weeds of this the, the reader can fill in the gaps this is not just the book about kissing that he did but which was kind of odd this book, which was scrubbed from the Vatican webpage um, that he wrote as a priest, as a priest had already been ordained for at least 10 to 15 years. He was in his late 30s when he wrote this book. Um, this was, It's kind of shocking and startling uh, when, you, when you read the contents of this, and, and it, but it doesn't cause a surprise. You talk about the shoe dropping. First, we have yeah. Bishop Strickland, and yeah. then Cardinal Burke, and then a priest gets uh, um, excommunicated for speaking out against uh, the Pope in Italy. And now this comes out, we're starting to get a feel for what's kind of taking place at Rome. And we'll we'll come back in the last segment and talk about uh, what, what are some of the ways that we can counter back uh, and stay detached and pray and fight back and what the truth is, but what, what what was your kind of reaction when, when you came across this, I'm sure you're getting a lot of people asking, you're probably going to talk about it this week in your, in your podcast with father Heilman.
1: Yeah. You know, Dan, this is sadly, it, it doesn't surprise anymore. And I, I, you know i don't want to be that way but it's kind of where we are where we just kind of wait for the next scandalous you know salacious um in some cases just downright despicable stuff to come out and it's it's hurtful obviously uh i did not dig into it and I, as i didn't with the first book that he wrote i i heard the title of it i saw a couple of uh of statements that were made you know in the news by it and I, I thought, you know, there's some things I don't want to know anymore about. I don't need to, right? And this is that old saying, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. There's some stuff I, I don't necessarily agree with. And I don't even know how many are doing this. But if there's anybody out there who's doing entire shows, breaking down statements from the book and what's written here and what's written there, I would caution people against that. Because again, we don't want to step into a realm, into an area that is just not healthy. Uh, unhealthy curiosity can be a problem, um, and some things can lead to gossip and anger, and 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 to the point where we we lose charity and we lose a proper perspective on what the mission is and the target of the battle here. All right, it's this. Ultimately, is not about him specifically. He's a puppet playing in the hands of the enemy, and he's being used by writing this kind of this kind of garbage and putting it out there. So to the To the audience member out there who's watching or reading or looking into this stuff, be very cautious for your own soul and for the sake of the bigger picture, what's going on here, not to fall into areas of unhealthy curiosity that can that can lead to to more damage in different ways. call it what it is it's bizarre, it's strange it's i think you know porno theology kind of how you put it there is probably not a bad way of putting it it it, it I hadn't heard that term until you just said that, Dan but that's really what we're getting to here. It is another example of the direction we're going, and this also leads to really a um, more problem for us in defending the papacy and defending the church. Now we can defend the office of the papacy, absolutely, but when you've got non-Catholics or people who've left the church coming at us now saying, okay, first of all, I already have a hard time believing in this pope idea, but now you've got this and this and this and this and this, and all these examples that stack up against us making it very difficult for us when it comes to simply saying, look, yeah, there are problems in the Vatican, yeah, there are problems coming out, uh, you know different things that are being said and done and, and statements and such. Um, but I'm still not leaving Jesus. I'm still not leaving the reality of what he structured in the church um, you know Dan, I, I it doesn't surprise me though. it doesn't and I hate to say that. I just kind of wait for the next issue to come up that's going to be another shot to the ribs. And as you and I were talking about this yesterday a little bit, um, you just kind of feel like you're, you've taken so many shots in the ribs. It's just hard to, to stand up and keep getting in that fight sometimes, especially when things like this, just a major body blow, you know, to to yeah. to the impact in, in this fight that we're taking. And you just kind of get you get your bell rung a little bit. You get a little punch drunk and think, what in the world? Are you serious? Why is this man not removed immediately? And that's going to be uh, – that's going to be something to see if there's any reaction from the Vatican against him.
0: But but let's be clear. Um, nobody from the Vatican has called you or me. Um, I don't think anyone, even either of our diocese has called you or I asking us what we thought of this, our reaction. So this is going to have to come at the level of Bishop and Cardinal. Um, oh, yeah. we, we just need the Catholics to be aware that we got to tighten our ranks and you got to get holy in your family. That phrase, yeah. portal theology um, comes from uh, a Neo-Thomas priest named Father Cornelio Fabro. Father Fabro was a giant. He died in 1995. um, His name is resurfaced because because one of his protégés is a priest. Um, He's a professor, and professor in, in Europe means like a dean. You mean to make professorship, you have to be these are these are the top top of the tier and then uh, teaches scripture where he teaches also scripture, which is also uh, alpha. These are the alpha top tier guys in the theology department. He's a, a priest at the Pontifical University of John Paul II in Krakow. Um, he he uh, was arrested and put in prison with a 92 year old uh, other professor named Johannes Schor. Uh They were both arrested for putting out. Um, uh, and, ex- and exposing the the, the uh, homosexual network, the lavender network within mm. the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. Um, he says that the enemy is not only outside the church, but within as well, sometimes perfectly camouflaged like a Trojan horse. We are dealing not only with the problem of homo ideology and the homo lobby outside the church, but with an analogous problem within it as well, where homo ideology takes the form of homo heresy. Mm. And so he takes Father Fabro's. Cornelio Fabro's uh, The Porno Theology, One Step More. And so what he says is, and he was arrested for this and spent several months in jail in Germany. Um, just like the military, the police, the world of art, for example, once a person with homosexual tendencies gets into a position of power, usually the subordinates that he nominates are also homosexuals. The same thing is happening in the church, he said. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, So what he says, it was interesting, normal boys start running away because if they see that in the seminary there are homosexual orgies that there are that they are abused they have to lock themselves up so as not to be raped by colleagues so they run away from such a seminary later as priests they will have a terrible life and that might sound radical and extreme but i was talking to a priest in germany just a year ago when he and he told me the story when he came over from eastern europe to eastern germany to western germany when the wall came down he he went into a friary um, and wanted to join the friary, he was underground for years under Eastern East German, under Soviet Marxist rule. And the first thing the Marxists, the Soviets did when they got put the wall up was to execute every Catholic priest. Hmm. And ironically, in Germany, those priests that came from Eastern Europe, they're looked down upon by the Western European priests because they don't speak English and they don't they don't they don't see them as, as as educated and Western. And uh, but that's where the faith is staying alive. Those areas of Berlin that were formerly Soviet. Now have three percent. Only three percent are actually baptized. Ninety-seven percent unbaptized pagan. Now, in, in those parts of Germany, he comes over to 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 the the Franciscan friar, He says, "Hey guys, I want to join. I'm one of you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm 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 in hiding. I'm a Franciscan, but now the walls down. I want to join you." And they said, "Sure, come on in." He said that night he had to lock his door because they were trying to break into his room to do very bad things to him just like this father father oko uh father Derutz oko uh, is saying it might sound foreign to us but this is mm. the level of the infiltration yeah. um that goes in and father father fabro saw this from the um from the beginning um uh he he so he uses this term father professor oko or father oko coined the term homoheresy to designate the possible phenomenon of homos- of a homosexual clique in the church who cover for each other get jobs at the same time more or less work in secret to change the church's teaching on homosexuality father fabro was writing about this in the 80s and 90s and this is one of the things from this document that just this book that just was just came out or it was it just been published republished online after being discovered this is this is what this cardinal says. Let us remember that God's grace can coexist with weakness and even with sins, when there is very strong conditioning. In these cases, the person can do things that are objectively sinful without being guilty, without losing the grace of God or the experience of His love. That that is again that's the conclusion after several uh, uh, what uh, several paragraphs of 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 homo or all sorts of eroticism in this document and so the conclusion is you can do anything you want as long as it feels good these are ancient heresies these are ancient uh, um, Mm. false mysticism that have been around for a long long time including quietism you know what they'll say is you're rigid doug your form of catholicism is rigid you're pelagian or you're semi-pelagian Right, because you 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 do things like discipline your body and you do penance and you offer sacrifices. All you need to do is receive the spirit and you will be enlightened. And then this is quietism. And then anything that moves you interiorly must be of the spirit because you're now spirit led, so called. Anyway, so that that's kind of a, a broad overview. If you want to look up more, you can look up an article by Stefano Fantana, The Triumph of Porno Theology. Um, and he talks about about this concept, um, this of uh, Father Cornelio Fabro, who, by the way, is a genius. Bring up Cornelio Fabro to Father Ripperger; uh, he's one. Of, he, Father Ripperger is deeply mm-hmm. respectful of his Thomism and his thinking.
1: Awesome. awesome.
0: All right, we're on a break. We'll come back after this Wednesday War College with my good friend Doug Barry. We'll come back in uh, two minutes. right yeah get flexing dog i love it <laughs> let's go let's go let's go. take that hill let's go man one more rep it that's it. It burns, right
1: that's it get your workout
0: in knock it out yeah yeah yo i'm, I'm gonna go right from here and get my workout in i gotta i got a picture of doug barry in my in my <laughs> weight room to inspire me and he's got that look on his face like let's go you can do one more rep
1: uh, come on that's,
0: that's come, our, on, come on come on so all right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about this, Doug. What your 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 response again here? When you combine an understanding of a deconstruction of moral theology, which is which is kind of what this article t- talks about, that's how moral theology has been deconstructed by modernism, mm-hmm. and so in the modernist theology. One of the first things that was attacked after the council was a deconstruction of moral theology, the tradition, uh, the Catholic tradition, the longstanding tradition of moral theology. And so Thomas was, you got to think about this, Thomas, the perennial, perennial philosophy, it's called, of Thomas Aquinas, it was was virtually wiped out from, from most of our seminaries. And so we get no Thomistic uh, uh, moral theology, very little eth- moral theology from, from um alphonsus lagori um and, you know going back to the tradition of the church and we're kind of got this this modern view and the modern view is what's called process theology that theology develops it develops over time um that that everything is moving towards this completion right um it's an ev- it's evolutionary the it's evolutionary theory um in, in, infused into theology so theology there isn't a deposit of faith that we can rest our our, our uh, rest upon and surety everything is in an evolutionary process including gender this is why you hear phrases about being gender fluid uh that that the bisexual uh is 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 a higher expression among and, and again the gay community this is a higher expression of humanity and shredding off these rigid understandings that gender and gender roles is a social construct. These are all these are all lies. Um, gender is it's something that could be it's a social construct and therefore it can be changed by vote and now by surgery, which is which is completely false. So you take the that that the, the the mainstay of this philosophy came or this theology came from de, Teilhard de Chardin. You probably heard of his name. He takes evolutionary theory and he infuses theology with it. But if you combine that with a mind that is darkened with a homoerotic tendency, um, or even any deviant sexual behavior, you're going to get this porno theology. This is what Father Fabro was saying. Mm. Comments on that, Doug? You know, that, yeah,
1: when you mix any kind of poison with you know, even a couple of drops, and this is where, again, it's so important to stay so true to um, legitimate theology, legitimate prayer life in a disciplined way. You start bringing drops of this stuff in, and it could be just drops, and it doesn't take much to start making an individual sick. And when, you know, everything you just talked about, the, the theological part of this and this evolution of theology and so forth, you know, the the, the bizarreness of some of this, when it reaches the point when it starts to contradict um, natural law, like, are we all of a sudden going to start saying that gravity now goes up rather than pulls things down? I mean, because the natural... Yeah,
0: gravity is a social construct.
1: It is social construct, and yeah. somewhere it's systemically racist, I'm sure. You yeah, know, for sure. Because it's just it's just a way to start tearing everything down, even natural law. Um, you know, the, the way we're affected by sunlight, the way plants need photosynthesis. All of this, are we just going to start throwing everything out the window? Because when you start taking this theological point uh, of this this evolution that you're talking about and applying it to all these natural law pieces, such as gender. Um, you know, you start getting to a point when I think you've said it, you've said it well, Father Ripperger said it well, is that evil mitigates to the point of absurdity. And when you start seeing these absurd ideas and they are absurd, I mean, honestly, there's a certain degree of nonsense that just is diabolical when it comes to trying to reorder some of this stuff. It just cannot, does not, will never work. You know, I just got to say to people out there, this is probably going to get a lot worse. You know, in the U.S. Grace Wars podcast, we've had several guests on that have been talking about church-approved, formally-approved um, prophecies regarding whether it's Fatima and our Blessed Mother talking about a Second World War, which at the time, during at the end of World War I, people could not fathom, was not even on their radar that there'd be a second war. They hadn't even finished World War One when this statement came out from Our Lady, Okay, we have prophecies out there about darker times coming in the church, even the potential of taking the Eucharist away from us for over three years, three, three and a half years, the Antichrist, all this sort of stuff that's out there. I just want to caution the audience. When you see and hear these things, like this this ridiculous behavior now that's ramped up even again from the Vatican with this Fernandez, understand the importance of digging deep In that foxhole, like you said earlier, Dan, make your home holy, make your family holy. That's your foxhole. That's where you fight first and foremost from. They're going to continue to try to twist theology, twist nature, twist you know natural law, human or spiritual law. They're going to try constantly to do this. That's what the devil does. We've got to gear up. And I talk about training all the time. I work out five or six days a week. Sometimes it's 20 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour and a half. All right. And that's not the end all and be all, but it develops a physical, natural, spiritual, emotional discipline when we put ourselves to the test consistently. All right. Some people find it in other areas, but ultimately we've got to toughen up.
0: Yeah, no. And I think it comes down to, again, it's gender, gender ideology. This is what's attacking natural law. Um, so so we, mm. we have to return to that natural law, the identity, this idea of demasculating the church. Mm. Now, if you're if you're if you're talking about trying to to return to our understanding of the bridal nature of the church, the receptivity of the church, like the Virgin Mary, that is a fruitful bride, but virgin mother. If, if, if that's what you're talking about, uh, that's the theology that they're kind of putting forth now the, the, the at the Vatican. It's based on Balthazar's models of the church. This was very vogue in the 80s. Um, these models—the Petrine model, the Johannine model, the Marian model, the Jacobite model—these other models. That was this theory of 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 von Baltazar, this theologian. Uh, so the, the you know that's fine, and that's part of that. That's 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 the early church's understanding in this bridal nature. But we're not talking about that. If you read what's coming out, what this book is saying. Well, it said this is To be fair, this was written thirty years ago, but written by a guy that was a long, he's already been a priest for many years, you know? And so they're talking about something radically different. They're talking something radically different because if you can change natural law and our concept of gender, then you can radically change our concept of our, of the church as the bride mm-hmm. of Christ. Yeah. That's kind of the crux of it. What's interesting is we've got secondary signs of, of the diabolic spirit. Um, something that father River pointed out to me the other day. Um, this is from Jordan Allman's spiritual theology. One of the secondary signs, there's you know, multiple the primary signs are you know um laid out in the rite of exorcism. Secondary signs could be spirit of falsity, morbid curiosity, um, confusion, anxiety, deep depression. These are the things that we look for in dealing with cases of affliction, secondary signs as well. Um, but Jordan Allman, uh, this is this is considered um one of the, the, the best books on spiritual theology ever written. It's it's a fantastic book. Um Uncontrolled passions and a strong inclination to sensuality, usually under the guise of mystical union. And so we've seen many cases of religious sisters, whether they're in a monastery or religious sisters, uh, you know, nuns or religious sisters that have this, uh, that they're being invited into mystical union with with Christ and there's a sexual element to it. Um, and that's a we, we've had many, many cases like that. Um, and so we see this distortion. This is one of the signs, according to Father Jordan Allman, of the diabolic spirit. So this blending of the mystical union. This is why I put that article up on Teresa Vavula Avila and the transverberation of Teresa and how she embodies the perfect reception and the transverberation when her heart was, was pierced by mystically pierced and received the stigmata and the piercing of her heart. Because that's why I think we need to return back to the tradition of the church and understand what this means. And that even that image of her, the Bernini image, if I had time, I would have given it to Rich to put up. The image, the, the, the statue of, of her in ecstasy and the angel is mm-hmm. this little cherub has got this arrow And he's pulling it back, and he's got this smile on his face, and he's like, Oh man, this is gonna be awesome. You know, this is what we're talking about true mystical union, true mystical betrothal, suffering. The suffering it takes to get there is tremendous. What we're talking about here, this false mysticism, that's erotic mysticism, erotic homoerotic theology, porno theology, this is an absolute diabolic inversion of it.
1: Yeah. And yeah, so, I mean, Dan, I know we're getting near the end. What, What is your recommendation? For the average, everyday Catholic out there, when I say average, that's not in any way a, a belittling thing That's statement. every one of us. No, it's every one of us. We're all yeah. we're all we're all struggling, we're all sinners. We wake up in the morning, we gotta put two feet on the floor and get moving. You know, but what is the what is the encouragement that comes from you? I mean, I just think it's that discipline, that knock it out every day, you've got to get the prayer. But but I think they're to a degree, knowing what's going on, being aware but not getting too deeply involved. I mean, I know you You pay attention to enough news as far as you have to, but you don't like to really wallow in it. And I think there, it, and I've done it, I think many people have, where it's just constantly going through what the latest problem is, and then all the details, and then we've got to know more. And, then, and that can be a real downer. That can really crack your glass and make it hard to hold any hope. Um, I say know enough to realize if you've got a category five hurricane coming your way, and then what you need to do to prepare for it, but don't wallow in all of the misery of all the comments and all the different aspects out there. We always try to end the U.S. Grace Force podcast with hope, with giving people kind of, you know, what are the what are the instructions for the battle? What do we got to do? On every level. Okay. And it always begins with looking at yourself, get that examination of conscience, get right with God, grow in holiness. Um, but from your perspective, especially since you, you work with Father Ripperger and deal with you know, Libra Cristo and so forth. What, what do you uh, recommend to people?
0: Yeah. One of the phrases that I use from the, my military days is stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd be at the gunnery range. My lane is here. Your lane is next to me. There's another lane five down there. Don't worry about what his lane is going on. We, you would hear, you might say some. you might look up and say something about this guy or that guy and the, in the, in the instructor would say, Hey, stay in your lane right? Don't shoot into anybody else's lane. Focus on your lane. And so what's our lane as married men? Focus on our families. Grind sure. it out right there. Uh, a friend of mine was going through uh, uh, He was uh Special Forces, and there was a, a Marine that was going through the Special Forces Q course, qualification course. And he kept asking him, I've told you this story before, uh, how do I get through this phase? It's a year-long phase, year-long course. How do I get to that phase? How do I get to this phase? And finally, my friend, just told him, look, if you want to get through this course, here's how you do it. Become a Green Beret. Keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, and keep walking. And that's kind of my advice. Stay in your lane, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, keep walking. Work on getting holy, working on catechizing your family, and pray. Pray. Stay close to your family, stay engaged. Doug, there's the music. There's the chatter in the background. I appreciate you coming on, man. As always, it's a great pleasure for me to have you on, my good friend." All right, so that's it. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, more college, same VMPR channel, same VMPR time. Until then, keep getting holy. Get holy or die trying.